0: Hello there, I'm D-Ready and welcome to Inside Intercom. This week's show is a very special panel discussion where we're hearing how conversations with our customers have actually helped to shape the products that we ship. At Intercom, we believe great things can happen when you have a conversation, so it's why customer feedback is such a big deal to all of our teams. It's really integral to what we do and how we build. So, if you've ever asked yourself, how does my feedback add up to the features and updates that we build, you're about to find out by hearing from Thomas Creighton Defarias, our host today and senior product education producer, Matthew Cropper, senior product manager, Jen Murphy, senior product researcher, and Maria Gutierrez, senior director of engineering. It's a fascinating chat with the R&D team members who turn your feedback into the tools that are built for you. So let's hear from our panel.
1: Thanks for joining us today on this special episode of Inside Intercom. This is the first in a series of quarterly panels that we'll be hosting as part of Built For You. Now, customer feedback is a big deal here at Intercom. It's integral to what we do. And oftentimes, it may not be apparent how big of a role it has played when people see a launch or features are released. So if you have ever asked yourself, how does customer feedback manifest into the features and updates that we build, Well, we'll be answering that by chatting with the people that make it happen. The R&D team members who take your feedback and turn it into the tools that you use. So let's hear from our panellists about who they are and the work they do at Intercom. Maria, let's start with you.
2: Hi, I'm Maria Gutiérrez, uh, and I'm Senior Director of Engineering and COSAI Lead for our London office. In London, we focus on improving our support solutions. So that means from leveling up our team-made inbox experience to the evolution uh, of our bots. I'm also part of the RD leadership team, so a big focus for me is to how we can improve our operations as an organization and how we continue to invest in the growth of engineering across
3: the board. Hi, I'm Matt Cropper, and I'm a senior product manager. Um, I work with designers and engineers on our mobile products. So that's our mobile SDKs that bring Intercom's features into our customers' own mobile apps, and also Intercom's own conversations apps for Android and iOS.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Murphy, and I'm a senior product researcher. I work with the teams that build Intercom support products, um, I'm based in our Dublin office and I've been at Intercom about three years now. So in that time, I've had the opportunity to work with many different product teams from the teams that build our messenger to those that work with our marketing features.
1: Okay, so there's there's lots of experience in this, uh, at least virtual room. So one of the things that I'm curious to hear about is, is how do problems land on your desk in the first place. Uh, Mash, maybe we'll start with yourself. How do you get feedback from customers?
3: So we get a lot of feedback. Like As you can imagine, we're a company that's really all about conversations. And so we have a lot of them. So part of the way that we uncover our customers' needs is through you know things like direct feedback that we get through our messenger and the one-to-one conversations that our sales team might have, our forum, social media all kinds of different places. And we've got things set up so that teams see all that feedback in real time when it comes in. And we regularly create customer voice reports, and that's basically where we take all of those conversations, spend time trying to understand them, and then try to identify trends and insights that we can use. So when we analyze all of those conversations, what we're looking out for is a bunch of things. So you know, what is it that our customer is trying to achieve? What products and features are they trying to use to achieve it? And where's the friction? What's stopping them from being able to do that? what the impact of solving that particular problem or piece of feedback might be. And basically, we tag all of that, aggregate it, um, so we can see all those trends and themes. And then aside from all of the direct feedback that people volunteer to us, we also do a bunch of kind of qualitative and quantitative research when we want to go really deep into a problem. And, you know, we'll also kind of proactively look at features that we've built and say, you know, did we really solve the problem when we did this? And if not, why didn't we do that? So a good example of this would be, so Mobile Carousels is a product that we launched back in June, um, and it's a really unique way to communicate with people who use your mobile app. And that actually didn't come from feedback that people were giving us around you know, features that we have in our mobile apps uh, and SDKs today. It was actually feedback that we got for Product Tours, which is a product that we launched the year prior, which you know lets you show people around your website, or your web app, that kind of thing. We basically got loads of direct feedback where people were asking for product tools to be made available for mobile apps. So you've got to ask yourself, how did we get the leap from that to mobile carousels? So I guess it starts with our process at Intercom always starts with really deeply understanding the problem. So here we've got a lot of feedback about product tours and mobile apps. So there's definitely a strong signal there that there's something that people need. So what we do next is we spend a lot of time talking to those customers to understand more. So, you know, what is it they're trying to achieve with this? If they had product tours for mobile, how would they use it? And what would they expect to see from it? Those kind of things. So when we did that, what we learned was that people have real needs around onboarding new users and better in-product messaging, and they thought that Product Tools was going to be the answer to that. But in reality, Product Tools was only ever going to solve uh, a small portion of the problem for those customers. So what we did from there was say, well, what can we do better? So we did a bunch of research, prototyping, evaluation, exploration, testing, all of those kind of things, and then that led us in the end, to mobile carousels, which is the product that we launched. And there was a really close collaboration with a group of customers all the way through that. So they were involved in the early exploration work. They were involved in taking a look at our prototypes and the experimentation. A bunch of them did a beta um, with that product before we launched it as well. And what we're seeing now that we've launched it is that all of that feedback and data tells us that we're you know, delivering on the actual needs that we uncovered when we did that original exploration of the, of the problem. So they're seeing things like better attention, better engagement, those kinds of things. And had we taken that feedback, you know, about product tours at face value, we would have built product tours for mobile. But actually through really kind of digging into it and spending time with people, what we got was a much more positive impact in the long run for, for all of those customers that gave us that feedback.
1: Sure. Uh, Jen, I, I might bring you in here as well because Matt has mentioned they're working on qualitative and quantitative research to get deeper into a problem. And I have this image of the research team, the, their skill set to be a mix between a caring therapist on one side and maybe a seasoned investigative journalist on the other because we have to get, we get this real mixed bag of feedback from our customers. Some that is quite specific and others that might be more of a general commentary on the world at large. Where do you even start with the feedback that you see?
4: I think uh, researchers' role, kind of, in this whole feedback process, is is almost like a facilitator of questions. So, so we're ensuring we're investigating a problem that we're answering the right questions. So, have we prioritized the right lines of investigation? Is this a problem we already know about? Is this a new problem? Is this even the right problem for us to understand right now? And kind of what questions should we be asking that will help us define that problem well enough so we can solve it? So as Matt mentioned, like we get signals about problems in specific areas all the time from inputs like our customer voice report. I think one of the challenges here and where research can help is asking if there are themes and patterns kind of across all of those signals. Is there an underlying problem that is triggering requests for different features? How do all of these needs tie together? What's actually the real source of this feedback? And is there something bigger happening? So one thing we saw recently that kind of pointed to something bigger was actually triggered by the pandemic. Um, So the world we live in now obviously has changed, we all know this, but we saw how the pandemic was affecting our customers. You know, we observed support teams were experiencing spikes in conversation volume and really struggling to scale their human support to meet growing expectations. So we had questions about how is that impacting support teams and how they work? And we wanted to identify opportunities for Intercom to help. So we kind of worked with our customers to deeply understand their environment the challenges they're facing as a support organization when you're working remotely, how their team was performing, how their team is feeling when they're working like this, and how they're thinking of solving some of those problems in the future. So what we realized from these conversations was that support teams were actually so overwhelmed. They were just trying to keep afloat. And they weren't really sure where to start to kind of reduce that workload on their team. So this was really impacting like their team morale and their team performance. They're trying to balance, you know, team efficiency with great customer service and kind of faced with this choice between those two. So we heard from support leaders that wanted to shift kind of from this reactive, unpredictable way of providing support to a more proactive and controlled approach to provide that kind of exceptional customer support service without sacrificing speed efficiency and even your team's morale so we we talked to customers that we we could see were already making moves to being more proactive and we learned from them and this ultimately led to the building of our conversational support funnel so not only did listening to our customers challenges their worries their struggles all the concerns that they have currently not only did that help us build a framework for them to use But then it also gave our product teams a kind of deep understanding of the challenges support teams face daily, what they aspire to be, and maybe what role Intercom can play in getting them there. So it helped us figure out what solutions we should prioritize, like ticketing workflows to to drive team efficiency, or helping them to set clear expectations with their end users through more prominent reply times in the Messenger. So I think really understanding the real underlying problem behind all those signals really helps you understand how everything needs to work together and helped us figure out what we should prioritize to help our customers uh, be successful at Intercom. I
3: I think one of the really interesting things that Jen kind of alludes to there is actually the, the impact of being able to scale those insights. So, you know, you have like Jen and the research team who are doing all this awesome stuff to kind of understand and rationalize all of the signals that we get from our customers about, you know, their problems and what they need and all those kind of things. But the great thing that they do as well is make sure it's not siloed in one place. Like actually every team in Intercom benefited from that particular bit of research. And I think it's one of the real superpowers of a great kind of piece of research, like a a research team or something that, you know, uh, 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 an R&D team might do is making sure that people can kind of, absorb that widely because it means that people have a much more holistic view of the feedback and how it might impact many different areas of product. I, th- I think that's a, a real you know, fantastic thing that we do.
1: Mm-hmm. And Maria, if I can bring you in here uh, at this stage, because your team are tasked with building the solutions. So presumably that means that your team need to collaborate a lot with both Jen and Matt's team. Where does engineering fit into this process?
2: Absolutely. And alluding to what Matt uh, was saying there, uh, one of our principles uh, that we follow in engineering is that we should help shape the solution. So we say that we never blindly, as engineers, execute on requirements that are defined by others. So, what is expected of me and of all the engineers in in our organization is that we deeply understand the value of our work. And to do so, critical and that we partner from the beginning with research, with product managers, designers, analysts to help really understand those customer problems and to design those solutions and that we then know can implement effectively and that will ultimately deliver value to our customers and solve those problems that Jane, Jane is making reference to. So sometimes as engineers, we participate in research calls. Uh, we only have so many researchers. So if Sometimes we really need to answer some questions. Uh, you will see engineers jumping in and obviously with some guidance from our experts, our researchers will be able to deal with some of those kind of pieces of ca- trying to capture some of that customer insight. Uh, but they might also lead kind of some of the betas uh, if the product manager is too busy, or we will work with our customer services team as well uh, when customers raise issues uh, with assisting solutions to really understand what the problems are. And this is important for us because it helps us make more informed technical decisions and trade-offs. So when we know the implications of a problem to our customers, it's a lot easier for us to know what we need to prioritize and what's going to be most impactful uh, for us to put our effort on. It also allows us to assess risks better and earlier. If we understand those problems from the beginning and we are involved earlier on in the process, we can see from far away from with a little bit more time kind of what problems we might have to deal with as we start implementing those solutions. But it also, you know, it builds empathy uh, with our customers and it reinforces the fact that we are all in this together and it's easier to make Commitments as a team when we are all involved in coming up with a plan, and everybody in the team is excited about the problems that we're solving because we all understand them very well. It also allows us to leverage everyone's expertise and experiences in the team uh, when it comes to solving those problems, uh, and that's always always a win.
1: That's really interesting. You know, I I would have thought that the process was very much. About each team handing over to the next team as soon as they've contributed or looked at a problem with a particular lens. But by the sounds of it, everybody is in the process from the get go, everybody is involved in trying to look at that problem and understand that problem from the outset. Does that cause particular challenges?
2: It does cause uh, a lot of challenges. (laughs) I mean, Intercom uh, is is a platform uh, and its strength is how any solution we build can work well with other parts of the product uh, or even solve different use cases. uh, And achieving that is not straightforward when we have a lot of people involved and you know especially uh, as the product is becoming more powerful and sophisticated it, it really requires really strong collaboration across teams and across different organizations as well so to ju- to guarantee that we have you know that we deliver joint up workflows and and really excellent quality and operational availability it's critical that everybody works well together uh, and provide the relevant context to other folks proactively and that they loop in peers before making some decisions and commitments. Uh, uh, So we really need to lean into some of our principles and and processes to achieve this. So you could argue that you have that overhead, but we believe that having that overhead ultimately results in much better solutions for our customers and for us as an organization. Uh, So some of the things that we try to do to mitigate those problems is that uh, in engineering, for example, we like familiar solutions and technologies that we understand well so we are, are we consider ourselves a kind of quite conservative when it comes to using different technologies and we reuse different solutions as much as possible to remove that complexity so we try to always keep things simple and uh, because we know that multiple people that maybe haven't been that close to the implementation of the solutions they need to get up to speed and really understand what's going on easily and we need to be able to maintain those things in an easy way but obviously uh, sometimes things do go wrong you know we have great examples of where that collaboration has been really really excellent and everything has worked really well but sometimes you you know, we're all human. We miss parts or we make assumptions that maybe they don't turn out to be right. And that has an impact on other mm-hmm. teams, whether it is our peers, you know, implications for product managers, designers, etc., all or other teams that are working on similar parts of the product to the ones that we are changing. So we need to make sure we're always supporting each other and learning from each other at all times eh? and that we, we always assume best intentions in the work that everybody's doing.
1: Matt, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, I, I I think what Maria's saying
3: is like a hundred percent right and it's awesome. I think you know, one of the other things that's um, to kind of extend the thought a little bit it, that, that we're kind of really purposeful in doing is making sure that, you know, all the way through everything that we're doing, um, you know, that voice of the customer is really there and central to what we're thinking about. So, um, you know, in, in the very beginning, you know, it's not just about, you know, engineering, design, product research, getting together. Uh, we're talking to customers, but on top of that, um, you know, we bring in voices and kind of collaboration from folks on our customer support team or from the sales team and um, people who are talking to our customers day in, day out. And, um, you know, they've got a real insight that's really valuable. So like on a recent project where we were exploring a problem and trying to start thinking about solutions, uh, we had folks from all of those different parts of, the, uh, of Intercom. Um, all in one place, collaborating and sharing their insights and helping us to refine things down. And I think that's one of the key things. Like Maria said, there's kind of the co- the collaboration between the various teams, the various disciplines, but also making sure you're bringing in those insights from different kind of perspectives of people who are talking to our customers day in the app to make sure that that's, it continues to stay real for us when we're thinking about these kind of things.
1: Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript, It's a new series of candid conversations with Intercom leadership, all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode one is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect.
5: I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt or die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. That's all to come on
1: Off Script. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel, and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. Uh, what would you say are the the biggest challenges for you and and your team as part of this process? Let's start again. Come back to you, Matt.
3: I think one of the really unique challenges we have at Intercom is that. Op- our products kind of fall into two categories the stuff that our customers use. So, you know, things like our conversations inbox or something like that. And then there are things that end users use. So think things like the messenger on your website. So when we're exploring a problem, we can speak to our customers to help us refine our understanding of a problem. Um, But that's a lot more challenging to do with end users. Like we generally can't speak to them easily or directly. Um, So we need to kind of understand um like both the outcomes that our customers want to achieve and those that end users are trying to achieve as well um so we need to balance all of that to be you know to build something that's really effective um so for example, with mobile carousels, one of the things that our customers wanted was to be able to increase retention through better like onboarding of new users in their mobile apps and that's great. Um, but what do the users of their app want to achieve? Um, so like how might solving that problem actually be damaging to the experience of an end user? And so like when we do this kind of research, uh, when we're balancing priorities that sometimes might actually conflict each other, that's a really challenging part of responding to you know, feedback, I would find.
1: Jen, can I put the same question to you? Do you, does the research team have any big challenges uh, as part of working As a a larger group uh, involved in this type of project and listening to customer feedback, what kind of challenges do you face in research?
4: I think one of the challenges for us is that we have a really broad range of customers. So they're, they're from different industries, maybe they have different business models and they use other tools alongside Intercom and have different ways of working and different approaches to their business. So this means that they'll have different needs, which can be sometimes hard to understand from just one piece of feedback or just one feature request. So when it comes to understanding the feedback we get, we really have to put in time and effort to kind of get that context of our customer's world. So we kind of need to dig in a bit deeper, understand their environment and the context around a problem to be able to identify how to solve it, and that takes a lot of time. For example, we got um, a lot of feature requests related to ticketing. I think we kind of thought, okay, maybe every support team needs ticketing, but when we actually dug in a bit deeper, we found that this need was more prevalent for customers that handle more kind of complex support questions that ticketing workflows are actually best suited for issues that might need to be investigated or you know handled by multiple teams. And I think that actually took a lot of time for us to figure out. So I think when it comes to taking on feedback or looking at feature requests, it can sometimes be a challenge to get the full picture of that actual need from just that one input without having to go deeper and kind of getting the context behind it, which said takes time and time is always a challenge.
1: Mm -hmm. And Maria, maybe I can present that question in a different way to yourself, because uh, this quarter uh, we released Conversation Data, which was a huge release this quarter, and it really looks to solve quite a number of different issues. But I can imagine something, you know, the output of you know all of those conversations is conversation data, which looks to solve all of those things very neatly, all of those problems. But it must have been very complex to see all of those uh, problems initially presented and trying to find that one silver bullet that would answer all of those things. What are the challenges? I mean, the, the product team is pretty large. The engineering team are pretty large. What are the challenges for the engineering team in trying to solve multiple problems all at once?
2: So we, as as Jen was saying, we, we knew we needed to introduce better ticketing workflows to help solve this problem. And it would have been easy for us to introduce the concept of a ticket, for example, to track those complex queries wasn't that easy uh, and the, uh, under the hood. But still, instead of, of going with what seems like the straightforward solution, the team that was leading this effort uh, and in collaboration with research kind of tried to really fully understand better the problem and how we could evolve what was really working for our customers already in, in our product to solve those specific, more complex conversations, use cases. So as, as a result, we ended up introducing, as you say, the new conversation data attributes uh, to our system to structure conversation data more rigorously. But to really solve the problem, we needed to make that information valuable across the whole platform. So there is not a lot of value if that information is available only in the inbox. And the only way you can get it there is by the teammate inputting that information per each conversation, but then what if if you can't report? Is that really valuable, or like how about giving users an opportunity to prefill that information? And if we are getting that information from the customer, you know their customers indirectly if we are not using that information to maybe do some smart routing of those conversations to the right team made in an automated fashion, we are really diminishing the value of, of that feature. So as you can imagine, this project ended up impacting multiple teams because we really wanted to provide that end-to-end kind of experience and workflow uh, so that we made the most out of solving this problem. So the way we ended up implementing this work in a very short period of time to be fair, was by having engineers from different teams uh, collaborate between themselves and obviously collaborate with product managers and designers to both share the context of the problem to solve, because there was mostly one team that had been really deep into understanding the customer problem. So we needed to pass that context and, and that knowledge, but also by leveraging their expertise in the different parts of the product and the code base. So we have some engineers that were very proficient in how our bots and automated solutions work, engineers that are working in our messenger, engineers that are experts in the inbox, and having them all together working to really kind of accelerate the way that we were able to implement this. They had good insight, kind of all those engineers, into what was possible and any potential issues delivered in that cohesive solution. And it was pretty incredible to see how much ownership they demonstrated and how quickly these solutions came together once we were very clear on the problem that we were trying to solve. And once we agreed the direction that we wanted to implement this solution.
1: Amazing. And looking ahead to the future, is there anything that you are all working on for the next quarter that you're really excited about or your team is excited about? Maybe let's start with Jen.
4: Um, what I'm really excited about, it's, it's going to come across a bit cliche for a researcher, but um, is the close collaboration that we've started to have between our product teams and our customers I think Intercom has always had a pretty close relationship with our customers and we always love to to hear what we can do better. But I think during the last couple of months with working remotely and the pandemic, the gap between the folks that build product and the customers that use products is closing. And that's really exciting to me as a researcher. All the conversations that we have with customers are super valuable and we need a way for that to be effective at scale. So part of my role at the moment and for the next quarter is actually enabling others to have these conversations. So designers, engineers, product managers, uh, getting them chatting with our customers and, and listening to their feedback. So I'm really looking forward to helping to facilitate those conversations and give our teams a deeper look into the world of our customers.
1: Awesome.
3: How about you, Matt? So I'm really excited about the next few months. Um, I'm going to sound like I can only ever talk about mobile carousels, but I'm going to run with it. So one of the main problems that we originally set out to solve with them was uh, uh, first-time onboarding for mobile app users. And what we've heard a lot from folks since launching the product is that they're really, really keen to use carousels in uh, the context of proactive support and helping people self-serve Um, So find answers themselves before starting a conversation in the messenger or something like that. So we're working on those problems at the moment. So I can share one thing that we're doing because development is well underway. And that we're kind of making it possible for people to trigger specific carousels themselves without relying on intercom. You know, sending it automatically so that means that users will be able to open a mobile carousel from a button in your app so you'll be able to do things like have a list of tutorials on the help screen of your app or open a carousel if someone is having trouble with a specific feature so i think that's going to be really powerful sounds like fun uh,
1: maria how about you
2: we've made a lot of progress in the past few months improving our support solutions we had a, a huge launch only a few weeks ago but we're just getting started so we we have learned a lot recently as Jen was saying about what support teams really need to be much more effective and productive while providing kind of the best experience for for their customers so we are continuing to invest in that and i'm really excited about the work that we're doing to continue improving our automated support and self-serve capabilities so that we can provide the most relevant content uh, to customers immediately when that's appropriate, of course. Uh, But also some of the more upcoming improvements to how teammates can handle any requests uh, more effectively in the inbox when their users do need that little bit of, of extra help.
1: Sounds awesome. Listen, Maria, Matt, Jen, thanks again for joining us on this podcast. It has been hugely insightful and really a bit of an eye opener to hear about our process, which I have to say feels a lot more dynamic and flexible than I imagined it would be. And I think it's incredible that your teams get access to that unfiltered feedback from the outset and are able to work on those problems as a team. Uh, but creatively all looking at that problem uh, with their expertise in mind. Thanks again for sharing with us today.
0: We hope you enjoyed our conversation with the team members who turn your feedback into the tools that are built for you. If you did, we'd love you to give us a review. It helps like-minded people find their way to our content. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Scale by Intercom featuring Mark Roberge. We hope you'll join us. This is Inside Intercom.